Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 34, and tonight's topic is around hitting rock bottom. You know, as I was thinking about this topic tonight, I was thinking about the last time that I drank and drugged and how stereotypical my rock bottom was. Um, But tonight we're really going to talk about and answer some questions around, you know, how do we know when we've hit rock bottom? Do we really acknowledge the fact that we hit rock bottom? and really understanding what that means for us in our recovery. So Chris, why don't you get us kicked off tonight? We'll do. Rock bottom, I think, is discussed in both positive and negative ways a lot. And when I say that, um, a lot of people say they hit their rock bottom, so I got help. And you know, I think we could all say we hit a rock bottom and we got help at one point. Uh, me personally, I went to rehab twice. The first time I remember emotionally, I hit this, I was just done. I I hit my emotional rock bottom there. I mean, I could have had a worse situation as far as being homeless, this, there's always a worse, but emotionally, I don't think I could have hit a worse rock bottom. The second time it was more, I got caught. Um, Now, looking back on it, I think I was in the same emotional state but at that current point, I didn't hit a rock bottom. So it was a positive thing that I did hit a rock bottom because I got help both those times. Um, now, what I would say about the negative connotation, sometimes people uh, wrap around it is a lot of people say, you know, don't say I hit rock bottom because, you know, for the people that didn't hit rock bottom, they might not get help. And if there's this stigma around, hey, in order to get help, you need to hit a rock bottom, then the people who are just struggling may not uh, ask for help or go to rehab or, you know, inquire about different types of recovery programs. So rock bottom is a very interesting topic. So I have a I have two questions around that. My first is because you and I both have relapsed in our story. Do you think that you really hit your rock bottom when you first went into rehab or because you relapsed, it wasn't truly that bottom that you you hit and it was the second time because, you know, as your year is coming up tomorrow, uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, this is, it seems that your program has matured and developed in a way that it didn't before. Um, And do you think that now you got to choose, this is where I stopped and now I'm taking the necessary steps to make my program work for me? So the first question, if I hit my uh, rock bottom, I think that, you know, I, I don't even think, I think it's just factual that you can always get worse until honestly, let's face the facts, you're dead, right? So there's always a worse, there's always a, you know, a deeper rock bottom, you could always go deeper and deeper, right. But for you at that time, you know, progressively, emotionally, at that point, 
I had not been worse than when I got help. So that was technically, you know, definitionally a rock bottom. However, the second time, what was interesting about the second time is I had a bunch of cleats time. I actually almost had a year, uh, you know, I would use, then not use. And it went on like that for a couple of years. The second time, it was very fast. And I got to the point that it was the last time in like a month. You know, it, the first time it took years and years and years to get to that point. The second time I basically didn't use for almost a year. And then within a month, I was right back at that point. And I think my rock bottom really uh, centers around the emotional state. Uh, for some reason, I was able to mostly maintain a job, maintain this facade of, uh, of a house, a wife, a this, a that. But emotionally, I was just... I couldn't go deeper at that point. I totally understand that. Um, you know, my, my second question is really around choosing when to stop, you know, like you were, like you were saying it, it got really bad after about a month and you just needed to stop, you know, you, you got caught and that was your cue. Um, do you think that your rock bottom is a choice? And, you know, I've heard so many times in my program that I get to choose when I'm done. I get to choose when I stop going down in this elevator called addiction and I start taking the steps of recovery. Do you think that there has to be something that happens or do you truly get a choice in when you stop and that's your rock bottom and it doesn't matter how high or low that is? Yeah, I think it's your perspective, um, you know you can't recover unless you want to recover. So although I got caught, if I didn't want to recover at that point, I wouldn't have recovered. So as far as your question of is it a choice? It's absolutely a choice. Everything in recovery is a choice. You get to choose if you use or not, or don't use. And at that point, although it, there was an external reason for me going to rehab, it wasn't, you know, I didn't just say, oh, today, you know, I'm really doing poorly. I want to go to rehab. When in rehab, I did get to choose, hey, that was enough. And I want to start putting in the effort, the work to actually recover. So I do think it is a choice. Awesome. Awesome. Ben, same question to you. Do you think that when you hit rock bottom, as you've defined it, was that your choice? Um, that is a very good question. And I don't know if I, I don't know. I, because it, you know, I'm going to piggyback on what Chris said. It's subjective. Looking back, I can tell you where my rock bottom was, but I didn't know I was hitting my rock bottom then. When I stopped drinking, I made the choice to stop drinking because I was done. That I I was I was absolutely a thousand percent done. Um, but it wasn't like at the end of like feeling like hell. It was like in the middle of a run. It was in the middle of like, you know, a quarter or half of what I would have drinking it drank in a normal day. And so for me, there was just this switch where it was just like I just I'm tired of all of this. But my emotional rock bottom, like Chris was talking about, didn't come until, like, I couldn't see it until, like, right now. Like, I can, I can look and I can look backwards and tell you 
points that I never want to return to that weren't in my active addiction, dealing with all of the character defaults that I have and realizing that it takes a lot of work and that it's not, I can't return to the old ways. So for me, like my rock bottom, I didn't, I didn't know I was there. And yeah, I, I think, I think it is a choice. I think it's, look, it's, I think it's like the higher power discussion. What, whatever your rock bottom is great. Whatever your higher power is great. Like somebody is, um, in the rooms, I, actually my sponsor says it all the time. It's just come up to your higher bottom, come up to it. So bring yourself, you don't, like Chris said, you can always go lower. You can go as low as you want until you're dead. And there is no, there, there is no area where someone will stop you and, and you'll go, all right, fine, I'll stop now. So instead you come up to your rock bottom, you come up to it and you say, okay, I've decided that this, this is a place that I never want to return to. This is a feeling I never want to get back to. This is a, is just not who I want to be anymore. And if you maintain that, and that's the one thing for me that I've kind of realized, like I've maintained that part of it, which is why it's, it's funny because my girlfriend, you know, who's also in recovery, she'll get frustrated with me because I, this is my first go around. And she's like, I just don't understand. Like, how are you, how have you not relapsed yet? And the, the truth is, is because I like, I, I turn and I look and I go, wait a second, here's a situation. And if we add alcohol to that, where does that take me? Nowhere good. It takes me back to now very defined moments that I can see. And I can say, yeah, I don't ever want to return there. Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. Uh, Jason, you know, you said you had a very uh, defined rock bottom, a standard, you know, story around your rock bottom. Can you give some uh, context to that? Yeah. So my last run, I was sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now as we're recording. Um, in fact, I was actually laying down on this couch because I just didn't have the energy to even sit up. I was drinking out of a liter of mango flavored vodka I had been running for, gosh, six days. Um, and I realized that I needed to get help because I was in a six day blackout, which I didn't think was physically possible. But to this day, I still have only two memories of that. And, I, and I've talked about that on a, on a previous episode, but I was physically at my worst, mentally at my worst, emotionally at my worst, and spiritually at my worst. And even though I agree with both of you that, you know, I could have gone down more, I could be dead. And that's the, that's the final rock bottom that people hit. I knew that I couldn't go any lower in mentally because I wanted to die physically because I was so weak and so um, sickly that I could barely even sit up for long periods of time and spiritually because I didn't, not only did I not have a higher power, but I hated God, you know, um, and just those four aspects of my life were so low that I knew if something didn't change, then I would be dead. 
you know, if if you remember on a couple episodes, I've I've mentioned this, but I was telling people that I had a terminal disease that I was going to be dead in six months because I knew that I was drinking and drugging myself so hard that I was going to die. I just felt this inside me that I was going to be dead within six months. And so I was telling people that I had this disease that, you know, if they found out I was dead, they'd say, oh, it was that, you know, um, and in fact, I'll even come clean with that. So I was telling people that I had lung cancer and that I was going to be dead in six months. And for me, now that I'm sober, now that I look back on that, that was so sick because my mom died of lung cancer. And I was telling people that I had the disease that she had, that she only survived, you know, three weeks uh, with her disease. And, and I didn't even have it, but I was telling people that I did. Um, and for me, I, I don't think of anything lower than that for myself. Um, and so that that's how it was defined for me. Now, with that, I have never been homeless. You know, I've never done certain drugs. I'm not dead. So there are things that I've heard about people in the rooms having or dealing with that I haven't dealt with yet, but they're yet's for me. And so, you know, that's really what my, what my bottom looked like because I chose it to be that, you know, I, I really said, this is where this is going to stop. You know, you talk about the yet's. I, it, your story reminds me actually of, you know, you go into rehab and people have this uh, chest thumping competition. You know, I did this and I'm worse because of this. And, oh, I have a I have a bid when I get out, you know, like it, it's like who has it worse is almost a sign of, pro, a sign of pride within rehab. And it makes me think of, you know, almost like Ben's story. Uh, you know, all three of us have different reasons. All four of us have different reasons for going in. Ben drank a lot, got in a big argument with his wife. And basically she said, you know, it's me or uh, at that point, it's, you know, go to rehab or I'm leaving. And it may, really makes me think of, do you guys think that the stigma around rock bottom is negative or positive? And the only reason this is sticking in my mind is I just read an article about this. Is the stigma around rock bottom a bad thing? Because the way that the article stated is talking about rock bottom really strays people that are just struggling and that alcohol isn't serving them from stopping to drink and, you know, maybe asking for help before they get to a point where they are even talking about rock bottom. The, uh, I, I think that it's, I'll go back to what I said before about, um, you know, the cover, it being similar to the conversation about a higher power. Like if, if we're in the business of dissecting, you know, what a rock bottom means for somebody, or if, if, if you're trying to figure out like, Oh, I, I don't know if I've hit rock bottom, so I'm not going to stop yet. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like a, another reservation. Like, like, oh, I, I don't get the higher power thing, so I'm not going to do this. Like, I did that shit, too. Like, I, I did, no, this is for God. This isn't for, you know, they mentioned God. This isn't for me. You know, 
you don't need to have somebody's rock bottom as uh, somebody else's rock bottom be your rock bottom. It's it's just it that that's not the way this works. It's not never been the way it works. Nobody talks about it that way. Um, you know, it, it's I, I completely completely remember what you, you you know what you were referencing, Chris, when talking about the the chest thumping contest of like everybody's got to get in there and tell all the drugs that they did and all the stories because it's like oh look. Like it, that was the most shocking thing to me. Like, why is there an open competition for the coolest kid at rehab? Why is that something that we're trying to aspire to? Like, that's not what this is about. And I get it now looking back because people are in different places. People are, you know, they they might not be ready for this thing. They're in rehab for maybe not, not because they, they want to. If you want this bad enough, if you want to stop bad enough, then you decide when your rock bottom is. If you get, if you can look at back on your life and get to and look at a point and say, you know what, man, I never, ever, 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 ever want to go back to that. I never want to be the person that is concocting terminal illness that is near and dear to my heart, just so that I can cover up the fact that I can, so that I can still use. I mean, that's really what I get out of that story. Like, that's the lengths that, that, that we will go to. We will concoct a story to cover our own death just so that we don't have to stop using. Like, if you never want to get back to that spot, then you decide right now, you know what, I'm never going back there. And, if I, and the only way I go back there is if I pick up one time, pick up anything one time, and I, and, and I can promise myself I'm getting back there because coming along with that one time is the getting away with it. Thousand percent, any one of us want to pick up right now, we're getting away with it the first time. Billion percent. We have master's degrees in, in this shit and we will get away with it. It's the second time and the third time and the fourth time. And now all of a sudden we're back into the business of being, uh, you know, James Bond and we're covering this up. And that was the, that was the thing that was more exhausting than anything else was the covering it up. So for me, like that's, and I, I can only look back at it now and really tell you that I've, that I've hit rock bottom because listen, I've heard, I, we've all been in plenty of rooms and we've heard people's stories where there, it is as bad as, is way, way worse than we could have ever imagined. And they're there for a little while and they're good and they get a couple of months under their belt and then they go back out again and then they come back in and they say, you know, I'm counting days again. And you're like, wait a second. You were just telling a story two weeks ago about how you are broke as hell. You're getting evicted. Like you're, you're losing your kids. You have no job. Like you, you are telling, you're telling me the ver my version of the worst case scenario that it doesn't, you know, involve being put six feet under and you still went back out. So it was it, that, that person just wasn't at their rock bottom because they, they felt that, all right, maybe I, maybe this still is worth it. No part of, of picking up uh, is worth it for me because I know how far I, how far down I can go and I know how quickly it can start. Ben, I think you bring up a really great point and it's that we have a natural forgetter. You know, we forget how hard it is to get back into these rooms. We forget how terrible it is to be mentally, spiritually, physically bankrupt, sometimes financially bankrupt. And so I know for me, when I would go back out, it's because I was chasing something again. And what 
drinking and drugging did for me is it numbed me. I I felt completely numb and I was I was chasing that feeling. I was running from those feelings and running towards that feeling of numbness. And everything else didn't matter because I just didn't want to feel those feelings that I was feeling in that moment. And Chris, to your to your point around, you know, that that competition in rehab and and Ben you touched on this. It's because we love to compare ourselves, especially when we're early on in our recovery program. We think that if I'm the best this or the biggest that or have the most whatever, then I'm somehow valuable. And I can only speak for myself, but I had such little self-worth that I needed to puff up my chest in rehab so that I felt better about myself for just that little bit or that, that those few seconds, you know, I, I needed to be that alpha because I felt like such um, a small little child inside. Um, to your to your question around uh, the stigma of rock bottom, I definitely definitely think that there is one because I don't think people really understand that their rock bottom is when they choose it to be. Whether that means that you you know, drink too much and you do too many drugs in your penthouse in New York City, or you have, you know, a, a trailer in, in, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of the stuff around you means nothing. When you decide that you're done, that's your rock bottom. And it doesn't matter if there's something lower out there for you. It's really your choice. And people, people want to continue to compare that it all goes back to this idea of comparison. Well, my rock bottom wasn't as low as his or I think I didn't do those things that she did, you know. Um, And because of that, people say, well, is this really it for me? And for me, yeah, I didn't want to get to homeless or prostituting myself or you know, other things or, or doing IV drugs. Those are things that have never happened to me, but I know that they could if I kept going. How many times do people say, um, you know, you haven't done that, so you're okay? Or how many times have you heard like, oh, he doesn't belong here or she doesn't belong here? So I think you bring up a good point. Like, it's just when you're ready. Right. Yeah, it, it's it it's just a... When, when Jason, you were talking about, you know, rehab, like there is no place in the world that is a more perfect, just microcosm of addiction. And obviously because we're all addicts, but because we are the biggest egomaniacs in the world with the lowest self-esteem, like you can't get further on the spectrum and you take those two personality traits. All of us have massive egos and all of us have no self-esteem. Like it's when, when my girlfriend and I, we would share stories about being in rehab or whatever. And she, and she would talk about like, like making sure that she had nice clothes and stuff. Like I, I packed polos, polos for rehab. (laughs) Like, Cause like, what? I'm pretty sure so did Jason. 
<laughs> I, honestly, I was just going to say, I actually had to call a friend and say, listen, I'm going to rehab tomorrow. I have no idea what to pack. And he's like, I know you have polos and sweaters in your bag. Please take them out right now. And I was like, oh, shit. He was like, right. replace them with something comfortable. And I was like, okay, you know me a little bit too well. Right. That's, but that's what it, it, it is. Because even going into this, like, this mind-altering, life-altering experience where we are literally pushed to the point where society can't, we can't work in society and society can't handle us. So they literally, we literally get sent to a place where they're like, listen, it's so bad we're going to feed you and we're going to give you a place to sleep and we're going to give you all the meds that you need because your shit is messed up. And here we are like, right, but okay, what shoes do I bring? Like, that is just the most ego, egomaniacal thing you could possibly imagine. But, you know, just to, you know, round out that point about the stigma is that, that there's just, there's always, that there's just always going to be a reason for people to, di again, dissect what the program is or look for reasons or, you know, it, and try to figure out a, a you know, oh, this is why it won't work for me, or I'm not like that person. Like, Jason, you said it like, oh, I've never done what that person's done. Like, okay, but when we when we play the rest of that tape out is what we're saying is, is that because I've never gotten to that point, I still have a little more capital. So because I'm valuing what I deem to be positives in my active addiction, I still have room to play where I can get closer to that rock to that person's rock bottom and that rock bottom that person's rock bottom is like i was walking on a train track at tr on the train tracks at night like wait a second i maybe we don't want to get there maybe that's not the point maybe the point isn't to hit all the way to the bottom maybe the point is to find the rooms of recovery and say you know what you can stop anytime you like you just gotta stop so as we're talking about hitting rock bottom in our addiction, do you think that we can hit a rock bottom in recovery? You know, I, I know that I've felt at times where it's like, this shit isn't working for me. You know, what am I doing? So what are your thoughts on that, Ben? Yeah, just, I, I, just after a year, I, I, hit, I hit a rock bottom. And that like, it was the, oh, God, this is with me forever. Like, there were behavioral things that that were there were behavioral things that I had changed, but there were still behavioral things that were still ingrained in me that I hadn't worked as hard as I needed to to shake them. And that for me is like, wait a second, I've been the AA superstar here. I've been I'm, I got my media, my hand up first at every meeting. I'm chairing meetings. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm doing spirit fingers. I got the whole thing. I'm doing this. And then I get to this place where the pink cloud is gone. And I'm like, wait a second. This is supposed to be the, the the best thing ever. And it is the best thing ever because now, like, look, the holidays have always been a stressful time for me because I spend money like a sailor, like a, you know, like a, like a drunken sailor, except I don't spend it on booze anymore. And the, you know, the, it's, you know, so things haven't changed. It's, you know, I, I, I don't get have a job that's going to, you know, just pay me thousands and thousands of dollars more. 
So the realities of life, the financial constraints of life, those are all still real. Like, but today, and Jason, I thought about it before, like, like the anxiety that I feel from that, from, you know, you know, do I, do I have to pick a bill that, that's going to get be late? Do I, do I have to shop differently for people for Christmas? Do some people not get Christmas presents? Like, those are things that are rolling around in my head. And those are just things that are, that are on now because I don't use alcohol to, to turn them off. It, it would be very easy to go ahead and just drown those things out. Except the problem is, and I never knew this before, the problem is, is that all of those things would still exist, except I would actually have less money because I went and spent a ton of money on booze. So, you know, for me, I absolutely hit rock bottom in recovery. Um, but it's, it's funny because you get to a point and you're at the bottom and you kind of look around and you're like, okay, this is not great. I've been in better life situations, but you look down and you can say, well, I, I've also been in much worse life situations. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a rock bottom where, you know, you have to start all over. It's just life gets lifey sometimes. And now, now we, I'm just sober enough to figure it out. Yeah. Rock bottom in recovery is still better than a, you know, good day in active addiction. Right. And that, that's a good point. I, I, that, I think that's a great question, Jason. I've honestly never thought about that. If I were to actually think about it, I think I'm in not a rock bottom in recovery, but I'm in a rut in recovery. And a lot of it has to do with my life situation right now. I am working my ass off. I mean, you guys have seen, I, I've worked night shifts. I'm working, you know, sometimes 14, 16 hour days. Uh, on top of that, having kids and, you know, traveling, it's just, and then throw in recovery. And for me lately, recovery hasn't been at the forefront of that. And, you know, we, we choose when we're the new uh, input recovery and it should come first. So I don't lose all the other things. However, lately it has not. And, it, and emotionally, I could feel that. Um, the last time I went to a meeting was two weeks ago. Uh, I do plan on attending one on Thanksgiving. Uh, but you know, I, I, it's funny, you just feel it. And right now, even my sponsor, he moved. So I, I have a sponsor that moved, um, out of the state. I have, you know, lack of meetings, lack of time, and I've been just exhausted from work. So you put that all together and I'm in this emotional rut in recovery. But what I would say is I still am able to have a conversation and argue with my wife in a more mature way. I'm still able to go to work. I am still able to pay the bills. I am still, it's, it's all more positive than on my best day in addiction. I think that is so well put by both of you. Um, I, I wouldn't trade my life now for what it was then, you know, because I mean, I can't say anything more than, than you two have already said. I, I just, I've had bad days in recovery, really bad days, but I was able to get through them. And it's because I've been working this program. And in fact, this program has been supporting me when I just wasn't able to support myself. And the best decision that I've made is to not go back out because that would just cause so many other problems. 
like how many times have have you you guys been in a meeting where you somebody's coming and shared and they've spoken about losing a loved one, losing a child, whether it's to the disease or not to the to the the, the disease, or you've hear, heard somebody share their story where they've you know they've gone through tragedy like that and they didn't pick up. That's those are the stories that always stick with me. Where I'm like, listen, it could like yeah, it like life's not like aces at the moment but then again what's my version of aces like again like you know i've got a roof over my head and like i've got i've got what i what i need right now and i'm sober and i'm alive and what else do i really need but when when i always remember those stories when people share that stuff because it's like if you can get through that stuff and not drink then i have no excuse i don't have a reason because my reason will never be as good enough as that i could literally do hit all the bottoms that we're talking about. You could find me under a bridge and it's, if I was sober, I still would be able to find, you know what? At least the, the bridges keep me out of the rain. Like there would still be something more positive than, than using. And so it, it's, there's just, for me, there's just, there hasn't been an excuse yet. And one of the reasons I hit my meeting every day or, you know, and one of the things that I'm doing now is I'm, I'm hitting more meetings at night when I can't make my day, my morning meeting, like just replacing that just to get that. As I said last night, like if I, if I miss a meeting, like I just feel like I need a shower. Like I just like, I just like, because my head starts going and it's like, and then I'm sitting with my thoughts and it's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get into a room. There's a, cause there's a whole bunch of people that one, and that's the beauty. You don't even have to share. Like a lot of times when I'm in my own head, like getting to a meeting and just listening is usually more than enough because it's a very quick perspective changer that it's just like, Hey, wait a second. Did you forget why you're here? Did you forget what you did? You almost forgot you had the disease of alcoholism and you can't forget that. It's one of the, my favorite um, uh, thoughts for the day or daily. I forget what it is, but the second that I forget, that I have this disease and I place anything above it, it becomes, it, it, that is a very slippery slope. And this thing is cunning, baffling and powerful. And I'm just really not looking to, to give up on it yet. I couldn't agree more. And the, the last thought that I have is that because I have that natural forgetter and because I am a alcoholic and drug addict, I know that if I went back out there, I'd go as hard as I could and I would hit a lower bottom than I had before. It is without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, great episode, guys. I think that is where we'll wrap it up for tonight. And as always, each and every one of our episodes is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a great night, guys. Have a good night. Have a great night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.